hello, 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 Fort Worth. Welcome, welcome, yes, yes, welcome, yes. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom a Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa. Thank you so much for joining us today. This will be our last episode of the year, and it's been quite a doozy of an episode. Uh, I'm here today to, uh, with Thomas, kind of as always, to discuss many of the things that have transpired over the past few weeks. Uh, transpired? Is that what I said? Transpired over the past few weeks. Um, this is like, this has kind of been a bonkers episode, so we had to push it back a week. Um, I, I kind of needed some time to, to take care of some other personal stuff and just needed a little bit of a break. So we pushed it back a week. Um, then we recorded it on Wednesday and then I got sick. And so I didn't finishing, I didn't finish editing it until today, the 11th, uh, and was trying to go, go back and clean some of it up. And, and there were just, there are a lot of issues with this episode. There were a lot of technical difficulties. Things dropped out. Things quit recording. Uh, towards the end, it starts cutting off like the beginning and ends of certain sentences. I think just for me, not for Thomas. So just, it's nothing too crazy, but if you notice, if you're, if you're missing a word here or there, I think, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but that, that happened as well. So I, I did my best to clean it up, make it sound all right. Um, we talk about a Tatiana Jefferson kind of off the bat. We did. And like, I was not prepared for that. So it's a lot of Thomas giving a lot of good commentary. Um, and after that, we start talking about the Star Telegram um, and how their journalists are going on strike. We talk about uh, a lot of the upcoming bills in this Texas legislative session. We also discuss the national rail strike, among various other things as well, the explosion on the west side of town. Um, so before we get to the episode, I just want to say thank you, listener, uh, for checking us out. If this is your first time or if this is you know one of many times, uh, we uh, appreciate you taking the time to do so. Um, this will be our last episode of 2022, and we'll be back in probably early February of 2023 to start covering uh, what's going on around town and to get everybody ready for the upcoming mayoral and city council election in May. So thank you. Hope you have a great holiday season and uh, and enjoy yourself and enjoy the episode. As always, all the resources that we used uh, will be provided below in the show notes. And this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our Substack at our website, justicereformleague.net, where we occasionally post op-ed type articles. If you would like uh, to submit something to the Substack or have episode ideas or additional stories you would like us to cover, please hit us up on Twitter at FWReview, on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, and you can send us an email at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. Let's go. Okay, I'm doing um, it. I'm doing it. It's going. Okay. The prosecution rested today. So wait, they st- I did they, oh, we missed I didn't even realize they, they haven't arrested and closed. But they rested. It's only been it don't feel bad about missing it. It's only been 3 days. Damn. Okay. We need, we definitely need to go back and and like follow up with uh you know do do coverage of of the trial and like kind of a, a recap of it damn i i would have known that had i had i've known that oh well sorry go ahead well the thing is you, you know as well as i do this trial has been going on for yeah. forever or yeah. 
Yeah. They've been weighing on it for forever. There's been like quite literally the defense's lawyer lawyer died of old age before this trial was over. This is a- I'm not even kidding. Like on Monday, they had a funeral for the lead for the defense's attorney. Wow. Which is why they only did a half day. I didn't know that either. Jesus. This is probably gonna end up being like a Breonna Taylor situation where the uh federal government's gonna have to step in because honestly from what i can see um there's no way this could have been a fair trial uh i think that the state took it as a case to prosecute specifically so someone else couldn't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they could just ramp this down because if you look at all the attorney coverages what the prosecution has been doing is baffling like they aren't really doing a good job of paying a picture of, hey, Aaron needs a criminal. They're laying out facts, but that's about it. Um, you don't have, you know, expert witness testimonies, which they do have two witnesses on their list for that, so they could have done that. But literally, like, uh, hey, sister Amber took the, trot, took, took the stand today. And they basically called it after that. There was a lot of the judge asking people into their chambers, a lot of off-record stuff. Um, hmm. The uh, the respect, the Honorable Lee Merritt is uh, in hot water because he was on, he was in a courtroom for another case watching this one. And I think he was supposed to be a witness or something. So, so... When that happens, you're not supposed to be like, unless you're in the courtroom, you're not watching the proceedings or anything else, right? So, judge made a big stank about trying to find him to admonish him about that, because apparently he did like a interview with Good Morning America or something. Oh man, yeah, and uh, at some point the. Uh, the medical examiner, the Fort Worth medical examiner, um, and the defense vaguely alluded to Tay possibly uh, being on meth or something. Um, oh, wow. I don't trust that. I don't believe that. Um, That's mostly what- be- because uh, it's not like medical examiners aren't known to lie. Like if you remember the George Floyd case. Um, the state medical examiner uh, tried to say the person was on drugs too and that's what killed them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well and uh, Brian Crump who I think was on Tay's case for a little bit um, he was smart enough to or Ben Crump I'm sorry uh, he was smart enough to get a independent investigator on this hmm. but honest to God like, I think Pastor Key of Tatum's right. We need a consent degree, decree. We have one under Obama towards the end of his administration. And then when Trump came, kind of waved his finger and all of a sudden all the stuff went away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We need that back. Um, DOJ needs to take over prosecuting this case. Um, that being said, I still don't know if they're going to find... Aaron Dean guilty because the problem is he was a an officer. So the burden they have to overcome here is that 
was he negligent or criminal enough outside of the normal parameters of his job uh, to warrant a conviction? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know? man, it sucks that it's been this long, you know, that we're finally getting around to it. There's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of time between now and, and when it happened, the October 2019. Um for like you know things to things to dissipate decompress get other people yeah. you know forgetting about it or whatever and they push the trial back over and over and over again um i mean in regards to medical examiners too like i don't know about in minnesota but in this state like you don't need a medical license to be one um it's essentially just like you know a, a bureaucratic position like it's not a not this a guy real... was straight from virginia so he had some stuff but also like thing about medical examiners is uh I think they were one of those few p- professions where they can call themselves doctors, but they never actually yeah. went to it. Like technically went to a medical school like a doctor. Like, yeah. And I don't know what it is. Okay. I have only actually looked at two medical examiners in my life. Okay. There was the one that had examined my dad's body when he died. Right. And then there was, uh, the guy that testified at, at a taste trial today. They all had, they both had these super weird mustaches that went out of style, like before the Confederacy stopped being a thing. Gotcha. You know, weird. And yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Okay. So I pulled up some stuff. Um, believe it or not. Yeah. So for any, if, if a lister, because it has been this long, if, if someone's like, I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, a Tatiana Jefferson. Uh, hopefully that name rings a bell. Um, she was the woman who was shot in her house by Aaron Dean, the police officer. Uh, he just was like in her backyard, unannounced. He was a police officer. Fucking was just, you know, I think what was it? A, a welfare check or someone asked for the cops to come check on like their quote unquote front door was open or something. And so the so he just like rolls around the back of the house and like ends up shooting her. She's she sees someone in the house like in their yard, you know, and, and grabs her gun, right? Um is that is that correct? Is that how it's it's been a while since I've thought about the incident, but her her 8-year-old son was was there when it happened and Oh, it was her 8-year-old nephew. nephew. Okay, so yeah, nephew. A little bit of backstory. She was in that she was living in that house because her mother was in the hospital. She was watching Zion because Zion's mother, Tay's sister, was also in the hospital. Um, what happened was her front door was open. So her neighbor, uh, James Smith, awesome dude, um, called the police for a welfare check, right? He called the non-emergency line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, there's like different levels of priority for these calls okay so that they know okay uh this person's being shot at right now we need people here versus uh this house got burglarized an hour ago but no one's there anymore you know that that sort of stuff yeah, it's not right? a 911 number it's just some phone number yeah um this was being treated as not like a robbery in progress not like anything like that just a welfare check right um basically he shows up aaron dean shows up to the house um with his partner after they actually got to the wrong house at first so sirens aren't on or anything um yeah they don't it's just that no one knows that 
cops yeah. pulled up. Yeah. Partners in the backyard. Dean goes to approach the house and somehow he sees a gun. All right. Now, from the footage I saw, there's a lot of people reporting that he told Tay to put her hands up and then shot. That's being a bit generous. Okay. Um, I had to look at the footage again, but I could have sworn he shot first and then told her to put her hands up. Yeah, that's how I remember if, it too. And it yeah, if anything, it was it was in like he shot so fast, fast, quickly. If it was afterwards, that it didn't matter. She wouldn't have had time to do that. Um, but she got shot. Yeah. So yeah, and then hang on. There's there's a, there's here's my favorite part about this. Okay, this is. This is one of the most ridiculous ass things I've ever heard. Okay. So Tay's dying. He doesn't check on her. Okay. They both break into the house being like, show me those hands. Right. They take little Zion back to the police station. Right. Didn't even let him put clothes on. Right. They questioned him in a room that would make anyone envious of Harry Potter's little, little closet space under, underneath his uh, aunt and uncle's staircase. Okay? They put a Blue Lives Matter shirt on him, and they start questioning him without an adult or attorney present. That was admissible in court as evidence somehow. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until yesterday either. Yeah, I mean, you know, pigs is pigs. Like these, you know, Fort Worth PD is not uh, not known even by their own ethics. You know, we we broke down the Sunset Commission and the uh, what was I, I always forget the name of the 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 other one that we covered on that episode. But like, there's been a bunch of you know recommendations for our department to uh, to change and and better themselves. And we you know we've covered the new police chief. You know, the the Oaks became police chief when they were candidates. We covered all that stuff. Um, I think we've made it very clear about our, our, our position on uh, on Fort Worth PD. Um, yeah, like I don't know. I, to be honest, I wasn't ready to talk about this, and so like I wish I was better prepared to prepared on it. But I'm glad that you're. you're I wasn't. Doing it. I wasn't ready either. But I I saw the stuff. I'm like, we gotta cover. Yeah. This. Like, no. Oh, by I'm the glad. way, they've done studies on Fort Worth. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, friend of mine, I forget what organization he's with, but he was like big criminologist in DC, and I mean the DOJ had him doing this study. And what they did was they took took what they considered to be five of the most prominent cities in America that had problems with police and community relations. Fort Worth was one of those cities. Yeah. Um, and they tried different things to fix these relationships. Fort Worth was one of only two cities that did not see any improvement. And the main reason why is because of how uh, insincere the city and the police department and the Fort Worth Police Officers Association has been about trying to make these changes. Yeah. And now we have Manny Ramirez, have, you know, head of the Fort Worth POA or formerly of now he's county commissioner. Can he can he be both? Is oh, it, did he? Yeah, he won. There's nothing saying he can't. So, I mean, yeah, there's literally nothing like uh, Glenn Whitley was on there and still ran his accounting firm. There's nothing saying he can't hold both positions. Yeah. So here we go. Buckle and draw up, like three paychecks. 
So, okay, let's take this and let's segue it into, so what I wanted to hit a bunch of like, just this not quick hits because these are all like a bunch of crazy different topics that are, you know, incidents, things that have happened here in the Fort Worth area over the past three weeks, uh, that all are like all warrant like decent conversations about, but we're going to, you know, try and keep it, you know, not, not too long for you guys, but let's, so, okay. So we're talking about police state. We're talking about police corruption. We're talking about, you know, good old boy system system stuff uh let's kind of segue that into i guess the uh the jewish anti-semitism uh you know uh, incidents here in texas did you see that article um uh, about the the uptick uh in in incidents and did an episode planning yeah uh from like a week ago or something i'm trying to remember it's so here I'll, i'll read from this article it's a texas tribune article um gotcha Texas anti-Semitism, violence, and fascism. The, the, the title of the article is Jewish Texas, excuse me, Jewish Texans see surge in anti-Semitism as a precursor to fascism. Uh, and they essentially kind of reading from the article, uh, it's the highest number, uh, so it, uh, the ongoing wave of anti-Semitic incidents that grew last year to its highest number in four decades. Um, it came three years after a mass shooting in Pittsburgh at a synagogue. And it was followed a few months later by a hostage situation in a North Texas synagogue. In 2021, the Anti-Defamation League attacked, I'm sorry, tracked 2,717 anti-Jewish incidents, a 34% increase since 2020, and the highest number since the group began tracking anti-Semitism in 1979. Um, and I know like this is just kind of, I think, representative, you know, of American culture in general or american politics if you want to call it that like definitely like it's become more mask off ever since 2016 you know and like now that trump's in office like i feel like that slowed a little bit but obviously with all the stuff with kanye that's going on uh and stuff like that like it's still happening (laughs) like we're still trending towards fascism right and like i remember you know six months ago on this podcast or something maybe a little longer like being hesitant to use that word and expressing that like i don't know if we should be throwing that but like obviously we've been doing that a lot lately um and i think it's warranted like i think you know this this we need to call it out when we see it and it's we're we're seeing this is everywhere this is not okay like i mean it's a lot of this has been mounting like um those of you that don't know, um, I'm currently in the process of converting to Reform Judaism. I don't know if I talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit of Ashkenazi Jew in me, not a lot. You know, there's a little, there's a little folklore that rabbis tell about, like how when you have people like me who have a little bit of Jewish blood coming back to the faith, that it's because that I'm like three, that there's like the reincarnation of one of their old Jewish ancestors, mm. which I think is kind of funny. Um, but before that, I came from uh, a messianic community, which is like kind of controversial because they're like Christians who practice Torah. Jew- the Jewish community itself kind of ostracizes them, but you get these hate groups who don't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've had to endure some of this, you know. Um, and I mean, some of it's small, some of it's stuff you'd have to deal with. Like, uh, have you been? I mean, like as as of late, like have you have you yourself noticed like more of that, or, or are you talking about just kind of in general over time? Lately, um, no. But in in well, 
I know people who have. I haven't personally had had been accosted lately. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I used to work at a place, and it was kind of an anti-Semitic environment. I mean, like, I worked in the kitchen. Um, I wanted Saturdays off with the Shabbat. It'd be a problem. Um, people would find out you practice, and they'd throw, you know, bacon in your food when you weren't looking, or pork, or shrimp, you know. Um, you get called a stupid, uh, stupid Jew or the K word. I'm not going to say it on here. Yeah. yeah. A lot. Um, uh, things like that. You know, it's things like that. Uh, even if you got your day off for, for Shabbat and you came back, it's, they'd give you, they'd give you crap about it. Um, at one point, they tried to fire me for taking off for Passover. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not like keep, keep keep in mind that's like Jewish life. Like, imagine if I was like actually like ethnically Jewish, it'd be a lot worse, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my specific group I I stay with, um, in in Judaism, you have what's called like a tilikatan, and basically it's like this white. I guess you could call it like a sash or something, but you put it over your head and it's got these tassels uh, on four, four corners of the garment. You usually wear it underneath your clothes. Um, my specific group, we wear our, we only wear the tassels and we wear them from belt loops, right? Hmm. And there's only three groups that do that. There's the Messianics, which is what we were. There's the Karite Jews, um, who were the first people to do it. And then you have the black Hebrew Israelites. And the thing is, they don't see anyone who's white as actually Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been a increase in, in anti-Semitism from those groups or groups that like to affiliate w- with them uh, within the past couple of years, like two or three years. Uh, in 2019, there was a, there was a uh, community in New York where someone who has a lot of the same beliefs of the black Israelites went in. I think they think they killed two people in a Jewish supermarket. And then they killed one per like one security guard at a Jew at a, at a graveyard. And you might be asking how I know they're Jewish. Um, Jewish people often have their own communities for this type of thing. So like the grocery store will be mostly kosher stuff. The cemetery will be a Jewish cemetery. Um, everyone in the neighborhood will usually be Jewish in, of some fashion, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, so it's highly likely that it was semitically motivated. Um, but anyways, they don't see white Jewish people as yeah, as actual Jews. Um, for a lot of a lot of really terrible reasons. That's one of the reasons it's Kyrie Irving stuff. You know, you see a lot of people in the Jewish community. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, they're overreacting. They're, you know, they're punishing a black man. They're not. The actual documentary he sh- shared has a lot of hate speech, a lot of uh, anti-Semitic rhetoric in it that yeah. um, has been used to cause problems before. It, uh, one of the main sources it used, it's actually in this little article you, oh, yeah. you have. Um, yeah, yeah. 
it's it pulls stuff from the protocols of the elders of zion yeah. right which is, which a, is a falsified piece of yeah it's a bullshit document like it's not yeah it's not a real document full, yeah yeah it's full of propaganda made specifically to hurt the jewish people and the bolshevists in russia that's that's where we're at okay this was the stuff that nazis used to get everyone okay with things like the holocaust okay so quite literally yeah this has already killed a shit ton of people and we, and like this is the same stuff we've been hearing kind of the QAnon type of stuff you know the drinking the blood of babies and like you know all the, these tropes that we're kind of seeing these dog whistles here and there like a lot of them originate from that document um and like it sucks or, like this stuff like a popular one is the uh the jews have taken over hollywood which yes. was started by henry ford yeah taking over hollywood running, running the banks <laughs> like i i have students that believe this crap uh and like and i i kind of had a back and forth uh, th earlier this week because like i did i did a discussion day with my students but one of the topics in one of the classes was kanye uh and so we talked about him and like i asked before we even started like i assumed i don't know man Amber's telling me not to talk about this. Um, what was that thing I just did? So, I don't know. I guess I'm going to edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So but, are we taking out like the entire Kanye segment? Or are we talking about... I don't know. I, like, where are, we, where are we at? I don't know. Great question. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's just... Um, yeah, let's just say it's important... Uh, it's important to man. I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll figure out somehow. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, it's just uh, these ideas do matter. Uh, and so they 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 well can't the be taken is, lightly. You like, know, the scary thing to me is it's. Okay. Oh man. So you okay. cut out the two minutes. I didn't hear anything you said. It like cut out. Oh. Oh, I was I was empathizing with you about how these children are getting influenced by the wrong sources and how my ten year old cousin uh at Thanksgiving was talking about how much he loved Andrew Tate. Oh man. Yeah, I've had And we're in like a we were in like a female dominated family. I'm like, that is not safe for you to say no. here. It's like why? I was like um that's probably why women in our family, yeah yeah our, the women in our family are the women who like will kick your ass about it yeah yeah that's that's no bueno yeah it's i don't know people it takes people to you know a while to find out what's real and what's not it takes what people a while to find themselves you don't want to um you know you want to give people the freedom to do that but yeah i don't know so it's uh we could talk about it. there's other other things in happening in Fort Worth that I want to talk about as well. Uh, one of them, the, the definitely want like want to want to get to is uh, the Fort Worth Star Telegram has been on strike. The journalists for this Fort Worth Star Telegram and they are still on strike. They this was like a week ago printed this article and they're still going on. Or I guess it was three day, three days ago. Um, yeah. So I don't know if hopefully hopefully someone heard about this, but if not, um, 
the journalists have gone on strike to, for unfair labor practices for higher pay, essentially. And it's 20. I'm going to read from this uh, Fort Worth report. Thank, thankfully, we've got the Fort Worth report to cover the other <laughs> other shitty, uh, you know, company. I saw people on Reddit like criticize like fuck the Star Telegram, and like by the way, yes, fuck the Star Telegram. Like that's why we, we we'd never ever use them as a source because they chart they have a paywall, uh, and they're just owned by conglomerates, the corporate conglomerates. But that doesn't mean that the workers, you know, the journalists who there are good journalists who write for the Star Telegram. Uh, that do good work, like they deserve to get paid a decent wage, which is still like, if not, you know, probably not enough if you ask me. So essentially, um, twenty-one Plus of the twenty. There's, there's there's a lot about the, the Star Telegram that's integral to like black journalists in Texas. They have a really rich history. Like, yeah, I just it it just goes to show like how important local media is. You know, like that it's it's crucially crucially important, and there's less and less and less of it over the past twenty to thirty years. Uh, and that is a problem for our democracy because people are uninformed about what's going on in their own communities and everything's been homogenized and conglomerized. It's owned by, you know, such a small number of media companies uh, that all share the exact same information. So, you know, it's not a good media landscape. So I, it's heartening to me that the workers are going, that they're unionized, first of all. Like, I thought that was cool when I found that out a couple of years ago. Like, oh, they're unionized. Um, but now, hey, they're, they're, they're striking with it. And so it says uh, 21 of the 23 card-carrying members have went on strike. Uh, the strike has been two years in the making, and among the union's proposals is a $57,500 wage floor. So that would be the starting pay. Uh, and McClatchy countered with a $45,000 wage floor. Um, and that's why they're on strike essentially. And the, and, uh, it says, uh, who's Johnson. It says Johnson, but I want to give you who Johnson is. I got to go. Oh, Kaylee Johnson, Kaylee Johnson, Kaylee Johnson. Awesome. She interviewed us uh, when we were doing enough, with, uh, enough is enough, uh, in the start in the start telegram. Awesome. I didn't realize that was her on the quote. <laughs> she says, what is a good quote? She says, what we and other McClatchy unionized papers have seen repeatedly is that McClatchy comes to the table and does not move at all. Johnson said, so we'll submit a proposal and they'll send us back their initial proposal, which sometimes is exempt existing company policy. And then they'll just do that again and again and again. So this is like, you know, this is how they work. They just don't, they're not even negotiating with their workers. They're just like, no, just what's in the handbook is what you get. That's what you get. Sorry. Uh, and no, that's, you know, so good, good for them. I hope they, you know, their strike continues I mean, to work. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm all for the unions, but I mean, look at where they're at right now. Like this is not a pro union environment at all. Oh no. Texas is the worst state, you know, to be, well, even, you know, even, even in the country, look at what happened to the railroad workers. They, this yeah. is supposed to be like, you know, literal backbone of our county stuff, and they can't even get, you know, a week's worth of sick. Yeah, and that, and so I do want to talk about that because, like, we we're we're yeah. definitely in the middle of. I mean, ever since the pandemic, but especially now, like, this is like a a flourishing of labor activism, and like the right. the labor movement has. I, I don't want to say been rejuvenated because like we got we got a long way to go before we're, you know, anywhere no, back to where no. we used to be. Um, but this is it's it's like it's not dead. It's alive because it's been dead for about 20 years. Like we haven't even know. gotten to the part where it's like, you know, the miners are at war yet, you know, and they're having to call in the National Guard. Oh, yeah, that's right, kids. Um, yeah, there, there's been more than one civil war in this country. Um, the, yeah. the the yeah the 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 uh, Battle of Blair Mountain in West Virginia. You have the Ludlow Massacre in Colorado. 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google those events, read the Wikipedias on them. Uh, it's fucked up history, uh, but it is exactly what happened where essentially where you have billionaires paying the military to go murder men and women and children in their tents as they go on strike. Because again, uh, it, this is how important their labor is to the economy, just like these rail workers. Uh, if, and I hope, I hope you know what I'm talking about. The media hasn't done very much to cover the story. It's been an ongoing story for months and only very recently have they really started to talk about it. Um, but we have BNSF. I always get that. Is it BNSF or BSNF? Either way. Um, <laughs> that, okay. I don't know if you cut off on the recording, but you just cut off for me. Okay. Like, okay. I, I, it, 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 it cut off right when you said the media is not, not ironically, the media is not covering this enough. And then you went out for a okay. little bit. Oh, weird. So yeah, no, it, it, I'm good on my end. So I do have that, okay. but, uh, yeah, I mean, essentially just like be, you know, we have the four train companies that run each quadrant of the country, essentially. Uh, and BNSF is one of them. And if these workers go on strike, which is supposed to be fried to it, it would be an illegal strike. Uh, but I'm support, I hope they do it. Um, it will shut down a part of our economy. Like this, the Pullman strikes, like the, uh, Eugene Debs was, 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 you know, radicalized at this strike. He helped organize some of, some of it. This was a nationwide rail strike that shut down the entire economy in the country. And like, it was one of the few successful, you know, boycott strikes in the era. A lot of them, like we were talking about, like were met with extreme violence and shut down violently. Uh, and like this one was, was actually pretty successful because it was so well organized and it was, I mean, there were violent parts of it because it's a it was a national strike so that you know depends on what part you're talking about what state you're talking about but overall um it it got the attention of everybody because it actually you know if you mess with people's money if you mess with the pocketbooks then like people will come to the table and that's essentially what happens and so like these rail workers their labor is integral to our economy functioning the way that we need it to and so we should give them the set the the four sick days that they are asking now. They initially asked for 14 sick days. They don't have any. If you don't know, rail workers work six days a week. They don't have uh, any paid sick days. Um, and like, if you're doing this job that is so fucking important, like, then you you deserve home if you're not sick, like, and be able to be paid for that. Uh, you don't want to get your coworkers sick. You don't want to spread, especially in the post-corona. We don't want to spread disease. Uh, and so like, it's just kind of a no brainer. Like I, as a teacher have five sick days. If you look around most of the developed world, like most people just get that you work, like you get five sick days. Everybody gets five. Uh, some countries it's way more than that. Um, Denmark, it's two years. I think it's in the, not Denmark, the Netherlands, like the, 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 essentially just says in their law that an employer has to provide pay for an, for up to two years. And to, or, you know, if, if you're well, you work, if you're not well, you stay home. Uh, and like, that's essentially just kind of their policy, but like here for the most, you know, these people are super important. We need it to keep everything functioning. Like we can't give them any sick days. So they asked for 14 <clears throat> company come back, came back and says one, we'll give you one. And so the workers are like, well, no, if we don't reach an agreement by Friday, this, you know, this, th this Friday, the ninth, uh, then we're going to go on strike. Uh, and they were like, we want four, will you give us four sick days instead of one? And they said, no. And so they instead cried to Congress and was like, please, 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 Congress, come and, and save us and make a law and make some legislation that forces these rail workers to have to take this deal uh, and make it illegal for them to strike. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. And Biden supported this Congress. The Here's how bonkers this is, guys. All right, because I have to see the I haven't seen the writers on this. OK, all but I think like one or two members of the squad, including AOC, yeah. voted to end this strike when this went to the Senate. 
Ted Cruz actually voted for their sick days. He was one of the Republicans that crossed the aisle. Josh Holliday, which, by the way, um, uh, prayers out to Ted Cruz's daughter, who's by uh, she. There was a medical emergency yesterday, and it's highly spe- it's highly profi- uh, probable that she tried to commit suicide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. As much as as much as I like to to wail on Cruz, we, we don't wail on the children. And honestly, I I think after that after this whole real debacle. He gets one. This is his one. This is his one nice thing from Thomas. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's apparently the way this this was voted on. They split. They split the bill into two votes. Yeah, they do that. They do that when they want something off of there, but they don't want like the uh, the political heat from their supporters. Yeah, pretty much. So they can they can say, oh well, we voted to end. It. We 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 did our thing. You know, we voted for this and it didn't pass. So. Oh, well. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, it was like vote for them to get their sick days and then vote for the to end. Uh, and so, or something along those lines. I don't actually know how, how that was worded. But yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It is disappointing. But again, the like. Sick leave was separate from the. Uh, yeah. The sick leave was separate from the actual voting to end the strike. Exactly. Basically, what I'm assuming happened is. In order to get Democrats on board with voting to end the strike, they compromised and said they'll have they'll hold the sick leave vote separately. And and this is also why I think they did the sick leave vote second. It was to move things along. And so they took debate. And then they knew the votes for sick leave weren't going to be there, and they weren't. Um, because we do not have a pro-labor government and we really have like basically FDR getting there and the labor abuse movement getting in there and getting all this legislation passed that was a fluke there are still people who you know silent generation motherfuckers who are still mad about that okay yeah that's why everyone talks about Reagan like he's Jesus because he he stopped a lot of this stuff yeah starts with Nixon it's exemplified with Reagan but like I mean what do you think would happen if your journalist if the Star Telegram decided they're going to start a co-op instead, start their own paper. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be awesome. I would totally support that. Um, I, you know, I'd throw down on that. I'd help donate to something mm-hmm. like that for sure. What do you think, think the uh, is going to be the way to go? Opposition would be. You think uh, the city is going to get involved? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Do you? You think? You- Oh, yeah. No, I think they're going to go after him with a fine tone. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, if you even look like you're against them, they're going to go after you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. My friend Chris Pallone uh, used to be the guy who owned the rail. Yeah, yeah. And him and Betsy Price were going at it a lot because he was either uh, criticizing her on Facebook or he was... Uh, trying to run his establishment during COVID and... Mm-hmm. It, it, they lost he was pissing license, them. Yeah, he was pissing them off because he was like literally looking at the fine print of things, and basically being in uh, complete. You know, he he was he was following the law to the letter is what he was doing, and it was pissing them off because he was still able to do what what these laws were designed to prevent, and so they kept on trying to harass him. Yeah, but like, so what is that? But the 
What's that to do with the Star Telegram though? Like, like oh, I, I was saying, I was saying like the same, the same local opposition he got for that little bit of, you know, sticking his neck out, is going to be a fraction of what they get because they're trying to be a co-op. Oh, right? okay, okay, they're, okay. Yeah, they're trying to go it alone. They're trying to stick it out because most of these places. Most establishment will talk, you know, talk about how they're pro union or how small businesses are the backbone of their economy. They don't mean that. Yeah, and I mean the rail clubs had its own reputation for a while, even even before that, anyways. But yeah, like it's, you know, I, I, my whole, uh, you know, I already kind of said earlier, like our media landscape here is kind of screwed, uh, and so it's mm -hmm. like I, you know, I think what needs to happen, like yes. From one perspective, the Star Telegram is like the the paper of record for Fort Worth, and like historically has been for over a hundred. Um, so there's like, yeah, we have this institution that like we've had for a long time, like so we should keep it, I guess. Like, but that's but why, you know? I, I'm just kind of like an anti traditionalist in any ways. Like, I'm always like make our own traditions. Like that's more fun. Uh, things were created in a time and a place when the values were were different, depending on what you're talking about. And so, like, let's make some new ones. So, yeah, if we, I think, if we had a, a new paper of record that was founded as a co-op by local journalists who were fighting in opposition to the old paper of record, that would be so fucking badass. <laughs> like, that would be amazing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you know, you know no, but like, yeah, do you know, do you know if we had like a co-op revolution? Do you know how messed up that would mess with Congress? Because you'd have to have like, you'd have Republicans split on that because some of them have, you know been touting about being some small business so long that they can't go against that you could probably get probably get some conservatives on board with this honest honestly and then they'd have to be okay with it but they'd have to like walk it back behind doors so they have to they'd have to they'd have to deal with that so there'd just be this huge you know civil war going on within both parties it would be even more chaos than it is now it'd be hilarious yeah, I mean that's there. There are it's it's. I guess it's really a statewide sort of thing. Like there are states, there are parts of the country where we do have more co-ops and where there are some incentives. A lot of times it is at the city level, um, for those types of things. Uh, and like actually, believe it or not, we have you know we have history of of socialism here in in Johnson County of all places in Cleburne, Texas. Hold on a second. Ah, man, it's gonna take me two minutes to find it but i have over here in the people's history of the united states like if i look up cleveland like there's a part in it where i read it a while back then i was like blown away i was like wait what um where they were trying to create uh this is me from the future editing uh i was way wrong what i was about to say what i thought wasn't so i'm just gonna go ahead and read from the book this is uh from howard zinn's a people's history of the united states it's the more recent edition that's white with the red accent on it this is from page 285 in the chapter robber barons and rebels starting kind of from towards the bottom of the page from the beginning the farmers alliance showed sympathy with the growing labor movement when Knights of Labor men went on strike against a steamship line in Galveston, Texas, one of the radical leaders of the Texas Alliance, William Lamb, spoke for many, but not all, Alliance members when he said in an open letter to Alliance people, quote, knowing that the day is not far distant when the Farmers Alliance will have to use boycott on manufacturers in order to get goods direct, we think it is a good time to help the Knights of Labor, end quote. Goodwin says, Alliance, radicalism, populism began with this letter. End quote. 
The Texas Alliance president opposed joining the boycott, but a group of Alliance people in Texas passed a resolution. Quote, whereas we see the unjust encroachments that the capitalists are making upon the, all the different departments of labor, we extend to the Knights of Labor our hearty sympathy in their manly struggle against monopolistic oppression, and we propose to stand by the Knights. End quote. In the summer of 1886, in the town of Cleburne, near Dallas, the Alliance gathered and drew up what became to be known as the Cleburne Demands, the first document of the populist movement, asking, quote, such legislation as shall secure to our people freedom from the onerous and shameful abuses that the industrial classes are now suffering at the hands of arrogant capitalists and powerful corporations, end quote. They called for a national conference of all labor organizations, quote, to discuss such measures as may be of interest to the laboring classes, end quote, and proposed regulation of railroad rates, heavy taxation of land held only for speculative purposes, and an increase in the money supply. And then it keeps going on about the Farmers Alliance and like the, the rest of the trajectory there, but that's, that's what I was referring to. There was a list of demands in this growing labor movement, apparently the first document of the populist movement here in old Cleburne, Texas, Johnson County, baby. And back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I agree. No, 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 you're right. Um, I just... Uh, I, was, I was just kind of riffing until you got to that, that article already. I was, yeah, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. Now I'm like, okay, damn, I'm going to have to go through all my tabs. I'll just look, I'll just have to find it another time. Um, okay, but uh, so let's talk about this. So this, like, we're just like obviously like meandering all over the place. Like, this is the holidays. Like, this is probably going to be our last episode of the year. Actually, things are getting so busy. Um, and we had to push back recording on Sunday. Like, I needed essentially just some time to myself and some time to take care of some other things. And so I just had to push. I needed a mental health day. So thank you, Thomas, for allowing allowing us to do that today. Um. But I let's talk about this other weird ass thing that like I'm totally like just don't have any answers for. And so like me and Amber just like having a lot of fun speculating on like the the possibilities of what could be. Um did you hear about that explosion that happened in Westworth Village? Westworth Village, no, so I did not. We we live on the west side now, like just outside of Westworth Village. Um, we're like right on the line. Essentially, we're over here by the military base. If you don't know where where I'm talking about, it's like over off like ultimate kind of by where the, the rail club we were talking about. Like if you go north of that, yeah, you know, a couple of miles uh, south, of, you know, like near River Oaks, but like not quite that far over uh, into like northwest Fort Worth. Um, but there was a there was something, an explosion. Uh, that rocked the entire people felt it for miles. Amber was home when it happened. Uh, it like shook. Us. Um, we were like four blocks away or so, like from where this house exploded. Um, and it's like such a weird thing, man. And like I've been talking about it to people, and people are just like, oh, it's a meth explosion, or like, oh, it's a gas explosion. Uh, and I'm not buying it, dude. <laughs> I'm not buying it. And here's why, like I have the article linked, the story linked below. They've up. it sucks. Cause like I found, you know, the news does this now they update everything all the time. And so like the, the video that I clipped and wanted to show is like not the video anymore. Like it's a different video. 
Uh, and so I'm like, damn it. Like I, I just, I essentially just kind of wanted to talk about this neighbor. So what happened is, back, did you try to wait back machine that stuff? No, I hadn't, I didn't mess with it. I just kind of came home today and boot, tried to boot everything up, but essentially, I mean, it's on there, but it's just now a lot longer and full of more fluff and stuff. And it was just like, oh, I just wanted the meat, you know, give me the meat, uh, essentially guy. So explosion happens incredibly loud, uh, neighbor runs over because he's like what the hell just happened pieces of the house are everywhere the house like exploded 360 degrees in every direction like the house just there's nothing there was not very much left attached to the foundation very little uh and the guy runs over there neighbor runs over there he finds the owner of the house man standing in a part of the house screaming uh in like stark naked essentially and so the neighbor kind of comes to him and the guy's like in shock uh and like doesn't know where his clothes are and is like i need to go to the bedroom to get the clothes and the the neighbor's like you don't have a bed like there's no bedroom like what are you talking you know what's what's and so like paramedics show up and apparently like take him to the hospital he still has not died as far as i know he's still in critical condition um and this is you know maybe a, 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 this is a few days ago now that this has happened a link is below in the show notes in the doobly-doo um but mom and, and son were like had just left to go to school like i don't know 10 20 minutes earlier like like 7 45 in the morning uh and so when amber heard it um she thought like something ran into the house like a car ran into the house or something like she didn't and she went outside like the whole night everyone at that time like ran out in the street and was like what the fuck was that um and there was, I don't know, Amber remembers hearing some strange noises like before and after the explosion, like whooshing noises. Um, she couldn't replicate the sound. I was trying to figure out like what kind of whooshing noises. Um, she whooshing. And and so, you know, it's it's not a meth explosion, I don't think. So, okay, so the, you know, the Atmos was here for six hours or something afterwards. Like they had a street and like gas trucks were everywhere uh fire trucks everywhere uh the atf came investigate um as of yesterday i haven't checked today since i got home but as of yesterday it was still unconcluded what what caused the explosion um and so that's multiple days afterwards like if it was a meth explosion like the atf would have known that like very quickly and every meth explosion that i've ever seen covered in the news involves a fire um there was no fire here uh it was just like a pressurized gas explosion and yeah and i don't think here's the thing um i don't think atmos would have been out of here like that if it wasn't a gas leak that's what i mean but if there's here's my reason why i'm skeptical of that because they sh if it was if they discovered that it was they should have told everybody in the neighborhood they would have shut off the gas for everybody there, there's like protocol for when a gas you know leak like you know to the system happens uh, and like that never, ha they never told us shit. They never, there's nothing. Oh, yeah. That, that's because they don't want to get sued. Like they're just trying to make this whole thing go away. Cause if it is a gas leak, the last thing you want is for them to admit it. Cause that opens them up to litigation, not just from the guy whose house exploded, obviously. But if anyone in your neighborhood has anything wrong with their gas whatsoever, they're going to lawyer up so fast. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. We're right next to the military base and my X-Files brain is going off and I'm like, it's not gas. 
I've never heard of a house exploding from gas. Like, does that, is that happen? Is that a thing? The houses explode because of gas? Like, I've never heard of that. Um, it can, depending. So, like, I know when I was little, my mom had, had a gas. Like, it's actually why my sense of smell isn't very good. And uh, it's also why my brother doesn't really celebrate his birthdays. But uh, basically, we came home from seeing my grandmother and me and my, my mom were acting really weird, according to my brother. And then... Bob figured out that there was a gas leak in the house, and then we had to go. My godfather Juan, and he came and fixed the gas. But uh, had we lit, had we like lit a candle or, you know, turn on the stove, that entire house would have been boom. Because like gas, it actually doesn't have a smell. Yeah, like what you're smelling are other chemicals yeah. in it, but it spreads fairly quickly, even if it's like just a small leak. So it could have been like, you know, the pilot live on the stove went off and, you know, the kitchen had gas and that could have done it. It could have been like but the you whole know, house, like the whole house, though, and like no fire. Yeah, if, it's, if it's if it's full enough. Yeah, I don't know about no fire. I mean, but there's if it's no fire. Enough, yeah. Nothing was burned except for the guy. But like none of the neighbor's houses were on fire. None of the trees caught on fire. There were no burn marks anywhere. It was like just I will a, say this pressure explosion. Naked man in an exploding house crying does scream meth to me see yeah that's what but like if you're but i don't think it when the explosion happened i think his clothes are gone like his clothes were blown off of him and like what okay and like what does that like is that a gas explosion like that's what i don't know it's fucking weird it's a weird thing and the more and amber and i talk about it we're like this the more it doesn't make any sense and so I don't know. I'm not like, you know, obviously. Like, how is he still alive? Because think about it. Like, if it was, yeah, like, if it blew his clothes off, he was near the explosion. His house didn't make it. You know? Yeah. Good thing his, kid, his, his wife and kids weren't there because, heaven forbid. Yeah. Maybe he was just naked. I mean, I'm naked in the morning sometimes, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm just. I'm wondering why it's taken so long to find some answers. <laughs> and maybe you're right. Maybe it's just Asmus doesn't want that. But that's too, it's not fun enough. I want more fun in my crazy thing that I for my house that I it's can't like, explain. It's like, listen, I want more fun. I also want to make sure that that doesn't happen to my house. Well, yeah, because, exactly. Uh, if it's a gas thing, then then it's terrifying. It's a little it's, too close. So I yeah. guess here, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out my, my half-baked, like, crazy theories. Um, it's either something that the military base nearby was experimenting with that, uh, they missed it, or it was somebody trying to the military base and they missed the base and they hit this house. Um, Amber said she heard some whizzing, whooshing noise, like makes you think of, I don't know, man, something dronage. I don't know. I don't know, man. I wasn't here. I was at school. I didn't hear it. I didn't. I didn't know any of this happened. See, that's super the, size you know. even for military things, because usually when stuff like that happens, it takes out like the whole block. It would have been like, yeah, but the, tactical is the way to go, right? Like, what if you had technology that could just cause a single house to explode? Like, you'd want that, right? That's a good technology, right? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm half joking. By the way, listener, like, I'm half joking yeah. about all of this, <laughs> but I'm half not. But I half am. Um, I'm gonna need you to go look up a guy that, named Curtis Lemay. That's basically been their strategy for everything since then. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how you have to. You can't take it too serious. But no, well, I, I blew up one house, but you can blow up all of them. Yeah. I don't know, man. 
I don't know, man. I just think space is super way fun, man. Uh, yeah, I, got, I got one for you. Yeah. I got one for you just to just to get your juices flowing. Okay. Shoot. What if he just spontaneously combusted <laughs> and somehow lived? I remember when I was like eight and I saw that on, on Unsolved Mysteries, I was terrified. People can just explode or catch on fire? Like, what? I was terrified of, of spontaneous. I combustion. learned about that from an episode of Red Dwarf because he had he had seen it in a documentary and then like he had like some some space illness that made whatever you were seeing come come true. I think they've like concluded so like, that that's not a thing. Do like for for most of those, <laughs> I think they just figured out someone caught themselves on fire. So, so I googled it and I, I learned two things. That n- number one, there's a guy way back in the day. Who uh there's a village back in the day where it was raining fish at one point. And number two, there's a guy back in the day who spontaneously combusted. I like the raining fish. And no one knows why. It's raining fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, it was it was somewhere in Sweden. I was like, okay. 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 Raining fish. I, I saw some video. I was like down watching YouTube, you know, my favorite thing to do. And watched it, mm-hmm. watched a uh, 10, I don't remember the title, something along the lines of like 10 planets that have, you know, that do things that are impossible on Earth or something like that. I don't remember. It was worded way better than that. But one planet. By the way, Pluto is a planet. I don't care what anyone says. Continue. <laughs> there you go. All these planets had silly, you know, names and numbers. They weren't real names. It was like E7 400 BC, you know, I don't know. That's what they all were named like. Anyways, one of them, apparently, uh, it's, it's got liquid rock. Uh, uh, like is like the liquid, the water medium is like, is, is it's so, fu- so hot there that it's like liquid rock. And so like when it rains, um, though it rains rocks. <laughs> and so like it, it like rock particles or what atomize and then form into rock clouds. And then they, they rain rocks. I just thought that was, that's why there's no life. Life just gets killed. Yeah, by rocks. It just okay. sounds like the worst place ever. <laughs> But yeah. So, anyways, I guess we can we can. I wanted the last one of the last things I wanted to talk about is the the upcoming legislative session. Uh, Texas lawmakers are filing all sorts of bills, left and right bills. 800, 800 bills have been filed so far. Probably more since since this was written a few days ago. Those are those are rookie numbers. You gotta get those numbers up. Yeah, yeah. But so I mean, you know, most of these bills never see the light of day. They may, never make it through committee. They're never voted on. But it's a good way to kind of measure the, you know, agenda for the upcoming legislative session, which be, again only happens every other year in Texas. Um, so I figured we'd run down them real quick. This is also from a Texas Tribune article. Public education. Public education was on one of the one of the hot topics. And I'm going to read. It says uh, House Bill 45 filed by Rep. Christina Morales, Democrat from Houston, would mandate most public school districts to offer Mexican-American and African-American studies. All right. I We should cover those. And so I'm cool with that bill. What do you think of that? Cool bill? Cool with that bill. Cool bill. Meanwhile, House Bill 368, Rep. Jarvis Johnson would create an African-American studies advisory board within the State Board of Education to expand the teaching of citizenship, culture, economic science, technology, geography, and politics as they relate to the history of African-Americans. That sounds like a cool bill. 
I like. I think we should yeah. make it more yeah. inclusive. We should just throw in, you know, Mexican Americans or Latinos in as well. We should just do it for for both or all of the above. Um, mm-hmm. Marginalized peoples of Texas in general. That'd be great. Um, Rep. Gina Inahosa from Austin has filed a bill that would change how the state funds t- the tex. Oh, I loved this. So this might take some explaining. So change how we fund the public school districts with open enrollment charters. Um, Inahosa wants to fund schools based on their average enrollment. So this is, and I, I, I'm glad that somebody. I don't know if this is actually going to pass. It probably is not. But like, I am so glad someone's trying to do this. Uh, if you don't know the way schools, I know your 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 thoughts on this. Actually, I was very curious. Yeah, like we need this very badly. Um, and maybe other schools in other parts of Texas maybe feel differently or whatever. But like, we <clears throat> get paid based on our attendance. Uh, and it's and it's like our our daily attendance. Uh, and so like it. it if we have students that are consistently not in second period, which is our ADA period, the official, official, you know, uh, census for the day, um, that is essentially the number of students we get paid for. So if we actually have two, they're also going to stop finding kids for truancy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that, 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 that would be a different thing. I guess this, this bill is only be related to funding. And so it would be up to the districts or to the cities to decide how they, Hey, if that's the case, can I complain about like fines in the past? Because uh, I, I I think I costed my mom at least two grand. Oh man, but, see that's ridiculous. We shouldn't. There's just so much so much oppression here from the education um, system. I like to, I like to agree with you, but I skipped school a lot, and I mean, but still, your mom shouldn't lot. pay for you, your mom shouldn't be punished, and thus your family shouldn't be punished for for that right like, oh i agree yeah you know that, no, that's totally. not helping the situation by like it, you know making people with le- have less money like that's that's you know um but anyway like we didn't do it to where it was based on this where it was based on just an average enrollment of the year then we wouldn't have to be so with our attendance with the students like it's something that we we have to be attendants we have to be tardy nazis with the students because our literal funding our literal livelihood as an entity is to them being here at second period uh being do they in the still classroom. do the uh that kbh idea where uh you know the the property taxes you're paying aren't necessarily going to your, your the school your kid goes to yeah it it, it it's distributed it you know and it, it, it disproportionately i guess you could say like it's not every certain schools get more than others and they try to prioritize you know schools in title one title one schools essentially uh, poor, poor schools and schools of color, economically disadvantaged schools. Um, that tends to not, it doesn't actually work out that way, but that's the idea behind it is to try and give, you know, more money to schools that need more money. Um, but in this state, like we just, we're just, the school's just not funded. Like education is just underfunded and has been underfunded for decades. Um, it was pretty, yeah, I'm not going to go off about school again, but yeah. Um, so I am down with this bill. So obviously the way that they're doing this on the article, they've got the, they've got the democratic bills and then they've got the Republican bills. Um, so the Republican bills that they're bringing in, um, house bill three thirty eight, filed by rep Tom Oliverson, uh, Republican from Cyprus would require publishers. Was a title one school. That's interesting. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're good. Uh, would require publishers to assign content ratings to books that they want to sell to schools. The scores, which function similar to moving ratings, would place restrictions on which books students can access depending on their age. 
If the ratings are not deemed proper, the books should be recalled. <sighs> I like, I already hate the like MPAA like rating system and like all, all of those, if you know anything about those organizations or entities that legislate quote unquote, those, uh, ratings it's just a bunch of hooey man it's just a bunch of egotists it's like friggin discord or reddit mods or something like just running their own little thing um it's not democratic that's for sure um these are just more powerful you know it's a power dining these pe these small number of people get to essentially dictate the morals or the or the uh you know the <laughs> social mores of the rest of us uh and so i don't know i get it like yeah in theory yeah, schools shouldn't have pornography in it. But like schools don't. We already don't. Schools don't have pornography in it. We don't need to come up with a whole organization to rate all the school books for the school kids. It's okay. But if um, they don't have a boogeyman, yeah, people are going to expect them to actually do work. And the corporations don't like that. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You're right about that. Um, guns is another so first, one. First, they're going to ban pornography. Now that they're going to try to find a way to ban trans kids. Yeah, that's. Oh, we didn't hit that one. We can hit that in a second if you want, or I can just do it right now. Um, and I, 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 again, like, segue is yours, like, sir. Kind of like with my students. I assume, I assume we all know this, right? But, but probably a lot of us don't. Um, the ACLU has recently called for civil rights investigations into two North Texas school districts over anti-transgender policy. Which school districts are you asking? It's the Frisco ISD and the Keller ISD um, that they're referencing to Frisco's bathroom policy and Keller's ban on books that referred to gender fluidity. Like, man, like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, what? ain't nobody got time for this, bro. Look how, look around. Look they around. Do. They look, have time for but it. But like, look around. Look around yeah. you. What is happening around the country? What is happening around you and your neighborhood right now? Like, things fucking suck, dude. Like, we don't have the time to be pontificating about these gender race issues. Like, get the frick over it, dude. Let's fix all of this stuff that's broken, okay? And I guess, I guess to them, like, this is one of the things that's broken. But like, I don't know, man. It's one of the things that gets people voting for them. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, you're, yeah, it is definitely playing to your base and and giving them throwing red meat to your base, giving them what they want. Here's here's the thing: their policies are at odds with the interests of their base. When you look down at them, okay, so they have to find some superficial things to get them behind them. Yeah, it's so it's fear of the unknown. It's xenophobia wherever they can get it. Yep. It's if you don't believe in Jesus, fuck you. But we're not. You know, we're we're gonna say we follow Jesus, but really, we're not going to. Yeah, man. Uh, I had I had somebody today. I was on a comment. I forget what it was, but it was one of those like Facebook groups that was like clearly like a front for like a Republican organization because they were like, it was like, uh, senior citizens for Texas Republicans or something like that. And I, I verbatim listed off points in the Republican platform, the Texas Republican platform, and explain why each one of these are problems. And he was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't read Democratic propaganda. What? Yeah, I'm like. Just cognitive, can't, cannot this compute. Is... Or does not compute, whatever, I don't know. 
man. I'm like, um, I really hope you're not a senior citizen. Yeah. Because if you are, um, someone needs to take your phone away. And your car keys. Man, you're me. you're done. <laughs> I'm gonna read from this article just real quick and then we can hop back to the rest of that that list. So the ACLU, which filed complaints Monday afternoon, wants the Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights to investigate the Frisco Independent School District for passing a policy on November 14th requiring students to use bathrooms aligned with their gender assigned at birth. The district said it would make accommodations for students who asked to use a private restroom. It is deeply invasive for school administrators to interrogate students' private medical information in this way, the ACLU said in the letter. School districts have no right to question students' sexual characteristics such as genitalia, hormones, internal anatomy, or chromosomes. Now, like, just because I'm just going to, I am going to talk about school one more time. I want to talk about, like, what this actually looks like in practice, like, as someone who has to work in schools. Uh, testing today. My thankful, I tested yesterday. Tomorrow, testing sucks as a teacher because you just get to stare at the back of kids' heads for seven and a half hours. You can't look at their computer screens, but you can't do anything else. You're not allowed to use your phone. You're not allowed to read. You're not allowed to do anything. You have to just watch them take a test. Um, thankfully, today I had a break and I was a bathroom attendant. I got to watch kids go in and out of a bathroom for seven and a half hours instead. Um, if this was a law for my district, um, have to have the uncomfortable conversation of asking students or students where they're supposed to go. And like, that's, I don't want to do that. Like I don't, it's already uncomfortable having to just like watch a couple of them go to the bathroom. If there's a line of, of too many of them, it's like, all right, everybody come in here who can fit in here. I'm going to watch stand at the door. So y'all can go back and test, you know, um, I had to actually get involved in someone's personal business and be like, which one are you supposed, are you supposed to go into this one? Like that's, that's ridiculous to ask as a worker. As a, I'm going to say it's a worker's rights thing. You ask me to ask my students such a thing. Like what Plus, the, what? that's <laughs> setting you up so hard because the, all it takes is you asking the wrong student. And then the parent's going to come up here and be like, what the hell? And to avoid a lawsuit, they're going to fire you so fucking fast. And it goes both ways with the parents. Some parents are supportive and want 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 their kids to be recognized. Some parents do not want their kids do not recognize or know that their kids are you know this however however they are right. Um, and so like that's again, how dare you make me make it my business on behalf of the school system? Like f you for making me do that. That's ridiculous. Um, thankfully, I don't have to do that. But like just as someone who had to watch the bathrooms today, I'm like thinking like, how would this actually work out in practice? Um, that's how it would work. Us teachers would have to would have to do more crap that we already have to do on top of all that we have to do. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Uh, anyways. Okay. Back to, sorry. Back oh, to, man. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, is that a Joe Biden? That is a Joe Biden. Uh, guns, obviously people trying to pass gun legislation. Um, Herschel Walker did it because he's no longer a threat and I can joke about him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Congrats Warnock. That's awesome. That was all by the way, since we are the day after Raphael Warnock won, won the Senate for us again. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, congratulations. This is the Georgia again. Damn. Yep. Yep. They're just showing us up. Good. Show us how it's like, done. Please show us how it's did done. Did you so notice that? It. Like Republicans are like have been like I know Democrats do this, but Democrats are like smarter. They'll do it like a year or two before. But Republicans will literally be like, "Oh, six months. You live here now." Like, yeah, like, yeah. Fetterman's yeah, Fetterman's in a debate with Doctor Austin. He's like, 
This man literally lives in New Jersey. Yep. Why is he here? This man literally lives in Texas. Herschel Walker yep. literally lives in Texas. Yep. Why was he in Georgia? Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, obviously, we still got mass shootings. We still got a bunch of Texans that want their Second Amendment rights. So what are we doing about it? Uh, Rep. Joe Moody, beauty. Joe Moody, a Democrat from El Paso, and Rep. Diego Bernal, Democrat from San Antonio, fired bills that would require the sales of multiple firearms to be reported to law enforcement agencies. Um, Moody's bill includes the sale of multiple magazines and would require the Texas Department of Public Safety to inform the sheriff where the purchaser resides. The shooter who targeted Rob Elementary School legally purchased multiple AR rifles immediately after his 18th birthday. Uh, Senator Ronald Gutierrez, a Democrat who represents Evalde, has also introduced a bill to raise the minimum age to purchase some weapons. And I didn't say hey, which one. Hey, these Democrats need to leave them, need to leave these honest Texans and their rifle wives alone. I mean, this is like, if, and again, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not a strength, I'm not crazy, you know, wanting to take everybody's guns away. I, I'm, I have, I'm a gun owner. I, I think guns, you know, they're, they're not going anywhere. Fascists have guns. I, as a leftist, I think we need to have guns too. Um, but if you want they want to marry their gun, that's their business. Yeah, if you um, it's if you are wanting more legislation, which we need, we need better back. We need uh, you know, uh, blacklists. If you you know for medical mental health reasons or whatever, you need to be able to not do any of this stuff. Um, we could you know there. I think we could ask for more than what's being presented. Multiple buying multiple guns and being reported to a sheriff who's probably not going to do anything about it. Um. That's not very much. I'm surprised that we're not actually seeing more. But again, this is Texas. Like this stuff doesn't fly here. You know, we just passed the you open carry. We can just go on. You don't even gotta have a license. Um, so it, it really west out here again. Um LGBTQ Texans rights, since we were just talking about that, we got some bills in regards to that. House Bill 42, filed by Rep. Brian Slayton of Royce City, Republican, would expand the state's definition of child abuse to include providing gender-affirming health care under the guidance of a doctor or mental health care provider. You know what's really uh, sad about this? I know that area. Roy City is like one of the growing cities, and it's actually kind of like slightly more progressive than some of the other places. This is, this is the balanced viewpoint from that area. That, Which means there are some people who don't think this goes far enough. Yeah. That's bad, though. <laughs> this is bad. It's, it's not child abuse. It's like the most compassionate thing you could do, uh, depending it's, on the situation. It's not. Um, that's terrible. Hopefully that bill doesn't pass, but they, you bet you bet your britches that you're going to see it in the news a lot before, you know, what just as, as a media clickbait, because it's a great thing to publish. Uh, House Bill 112, filed by Representative Steve Toth, 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 Republican of the Woodlands, would also criminalize gender-affirming health care. In particular, the legislation would bar healthcare providers from offering various gender-affirming procedures and treatments for children, including puberty and testosterone or estrogen doses. Um, and they've got a thing they want to hear. Gender-affirming care is recommended by all major medical associations to treat gender dysphoria and the distress someone can feel when their physical presentation does not align with their gender identity. For youth, gender-affirming care is often limited to social using different pronouns or wearing different clothes, but can include puberty blockers, which are fully reversible and hormone therapy. Um, I'm going to say something that I never thought I'd say. Um, why can't they be Mormon? Who? Um, 
that these Republicans, because oh. in Utah, when the Utah state legislator wanted to do this stuff, oh Utah the governor, yeah, the 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 governor, they were wanting to ban trans sports, right? Trans athletes in sports in their schools. He looked at the bill, and then he went to see how many you know trans kids there were wanting to play sports. That bill would have affected a grand total of one person. Yeah. But he looked at the trans at the trans suicide rates and was like, you know what? If them getting to play in this sport keeps them from wanting to commit suicide, I'm not signing it. I know you guys are probably gonna, you know, override me. I'm not having anything to do with this. Good. What they're not thinking about here is that, you know, there are trans kids. They exist. They're a very small population. There's a larger population I would care to to bet that are gonna be incredibly affected by this. These are the kids who, they're cis kids, but they have hormonal issues, okay? The Republicans have a, have a tendency of haphazardly writing bills that create problems later on. You're, you've seen this a lot with all these, all these you know, anti-abortion bills that a lot of Republicans are having to write back, walk back and add amendments and stuff like that because they were so haphazardly written that they created more problems than they solved. Um, Mm -hmm. You're going to have less providers wanting to deal with kids who have hormone issues. You're going to have kids with harder problems trying to get what they need, like puberty ball lockers and testosterone or estrogen doses, because it's not just for trans kids. It's kids who who have legitimate hormonal issues that they need these things to take care of. Yeah. Um, if I was a betting man, you're also going to see uh, prices for these drugs go up. You're going to see uh, insurance coverage for these things go down, or at least yeah. uh, insurance rates go up because of this. Yeah, I think that's a good They bet. are cutting off their nose despite their, their face here. Like, this is going to affect not just trans kids, but just people in general. Okay, that's better. The hell was that? I didn't even hear it, but I see it on the sound wave. Like something crazy happened. I don't know. That was weird. It sounded like a vacuum, dude. It was weird. That's weird. It it wasn't even in the headphones. I don't know what's going on. This is weird. It's ghosts. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, Okay, let's keep going. Let's get this uh, energy. We've got energy, healthcare, voting and elections, disaster declarations, property taxes, and opioid testing. Real quick. And then we'll we'll get you out of here. That's essentially what we can look forward to in the new year um, with some of these new laws that may or may not see the light of day. Most of these probably won't. Well, um, I hate to tell you this, but those trans bills are probably going to one yeah. of those bits is going through. This is again, this is the one likely. we're going to hear about the most for sure. And those are always the I mean, who you know, we might even have a special legislative session if we don't get it resolved in the regular session. You know how Greg Abbott loves to call his special sessions for really dumb reasons. It's very possible. That's true. I don't. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, energy building, renewable energy. Oh, yeah. Republican filers, Republican lawmakers filed bills that would make building renewable energy facilities more difficult. For example, a bill by Rep. Dev David Spiller from Jacksboro, Republican, would increase setback requirements on the location of wind turbines and allow the county commissioner courts to create designated areas for wind turbines and prohibit them in the county. An identical bill was filed by Senator Drew Springer from Moonster. 
in the Senate. Oh, uh, I thought we liked I thought we liked enterprise in our country. Yeah, in our state, but not when it's green though. Get that green stuff out of here. Mike. Not when it's not when it's their stuff. No, yeah, that's right. exactly. This is the kind of shit you'd see for these co-ops too. <laughs> yeah, guarantee it. Like you're you're seeing this, and it's not just Republicans either. Like a lot of a lot. There's a lot big big fuss in the gig share uh, community right now because they're trying to make uh people like Uber Eats drivers like me. They're trying to make them employees, and they're trying to be like you can unionize. I'm like you're not letting pe- unions have rights any anymore. Here's what it, here's what it really is. Um, a shit ton of people left the workforce to work work these gig jobs and found out they can make more or they have a more flexible schedule, and uh, they don't like that. Mm-hmm. It's anyways back to the back to the energy bill. They're not going to do anything to really fix the grid. Your 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 power bill might go up. That might yeah, happen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, no, but you're right, man. The gig you might die if it gets cold, but the, the gig economy. I mean, that's just there's so much that needs to be done, and we're kind of like so far down this whole Uber, Uber Eats, favor, you know, uh, Lyft, gig economy type stuff. Um, there's a lot that needs to be done. I think about that. It's like that warrants its own conversation. I feel like, um, but yeah, man. Yeah, I could, I could, I could talk your head off over that. There's, you can do that. I'm down to do. Things. I mean, I, I, yeah. I worked for Favor for six months before I became a teacher. I could. I'm totally mm-hmm. down to talk about that stuff. Um, on the Democratic side, uh, Rep. Richard Pena Raymond from Laredo, Democrat, for example, proposed bills that would require regulators to create plans to protect the state's oil and gas infrastructure and the state's water treatment facilities from severe weather events and power outages. Oh my God! Thank God, Jesus Christ. It's about damn time. So we have it. So Democrats are actually like trying to uh, build better infrastructure and update our current infrastructure. Something that I just want to share real quick what, uh, that blew my mind and terrified me. And now it still terrifies me because I have friends, a lot of friends and even family now that lives down in Houston. Um, when I was getting my master's, like one of the last classes I took was a history of natural disasters. Um, it, was, it was at the end of my bachelor's. And uh, by Dr. Christopher Morris at UTA. Shout out to Dr. Morris. He was, he was amazing. This natural disasters class, uh, we, we studied the hurricane of 1900 in Galveston. It's phenomenal. Learned a lot about that. It was really cool. Um, and then we compared it and we had to write a paper comparing it to the 2008 hurricane, Hurricane Ike. Um, and one thing that I learned about that was the oil and gas infrastructure. We've, you know, is there's more in Houston than there is, I think, anywhere in the North American continent. It's like Houston is like the the port with the most oil and gas infrastructure. Uh, and we were this is, you know, a couple of years after Katrina. Uh, you know, Ike was a few years after Katrina. We looked at Katrina and there's a little bit of that, not a lot, but a little bit of that in New Orleans. And of, I don't remember the exact number. I'd have to go back and look, but like off the top of my head, the number of tanks that hold oil uh, or other some type of chemical like that. I think there was like 20,000, it was, it was like 600 or something of them in Katrina. It's like something like in the tens of thousands of these tanks in Houston. Uh, and in Katrina, uh, it was a very, very, very small percentage that were ruptured in the hurricane. And that small percentage of tanks was still enough to destroy entire neighborhoods, the oil damage. Uh, you had the flood damage, of course, but like when you have the oil pollution mixed in with that, like it's, it's a whole other level of destruction. Um, 
and you know and other chemicals because it's not just oil it's other petroleum derivatives and stuff that are kept yep. in these tanks um and so in 2008 uh you know, Hurricane Ike happened in the state of Texas and the city of Houston asked the federal government for money to update our infrastructure to for hurricanes to protect these this infrastructure, this oil and gas infrastructure from a hurricane. And um, like the following month, the economy crashed. And so like because this is 2008. Uh, we never got that money. We never got that federal money from over 15 years ago to update our system. And you know the state of Texas didn't spend a dime doing any of this stuff. They don't want to spend their own money doing this stuff. As much as they claim to hate the federal government, they would rather use federal money for that. Uh, and so this is like long, long overdue. So when I read that, like, hey, we have a, a someone actually try to get a bill to to allocate some funds uh to to protect these things because man all it would take is you know i i forget the percentage two percent of the tanks or something you know ruptured and collapsed in katrina if two percent of the ones in houston collapsed it would be hundreds of tanks uh and so like that's just that would just destroy that would take over so many homes in houston uh you know it's just you know environmental environmental disaster is what that would be and so like i don't know that's that that made me happy to see it sorry i know i'm taking like a really weird point to just talk about for a minute um but yeah that was a good one hopefully that one actually sees the light of day um and then we also have another democrat proposing bills that would direct regulators to provide funds for public water supply systems to acquire backup power generators in economically stressed areas and develop an alert system for boil water notices so it seems like, like in zavala right yeah, now yes and so we didn't even get to that story but yeah and Zavala, they've been having to boil their water. They had to over Thanksgiving. They had to suffer a boil notice. And so we're not out of the woods yet, not by any means in regards to our failing infrastructure here in the state of Texas. Um, so I'm glad to see that some people are actually trying to, to fix that, address that. You, you, notice, you notice how this is like super bipartisan, like super partisan, right? Like yeah, that, that's the same. It shouldn't be. are just not interested in anything that actually solve any, any problems. And like this, like usually if something as boring as infrastructure, like isn't, you know, a partisan issue, it's bipartisan. Yeah, we need to fix potholes. Yeah, we need to build a better bridge, whatever. But like, no, not here, not now. No, it is a partisan issue. It is a Democrat. The Democrats only one again, like you said, try to do anything about it. Um, yeah. By the way, we have a budget surplus, so it's not like we don't have the money. <laughs> we have billions of dollars yeah. right now that we're really not using on anything. Like, yeah. Frankly, need to be used on, on infrastructure. And here's here's the problem, okay? Lawmakers are all over do this all the time. Instead of spending a little bit of money now to you know keep up with infrastructure and update things gradually, they go, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? Yeah. And then people die and infrastructure fails. And at the end of the day, costs a hell of a lot more money than it would have if we just fixed yeah. the problem in the yeah. first place. It's always cheaper to do preventative. But it's uh that we don't have that mentality. Yes, but capitalism doesn't allow that mentality. We need we need a quick buck now. It's not about the future. It's not about maintaining stability. Um it's just about boom until you bust and then do it all over again. Woohoo. Okay, sorry. Healthcare. Healthcare. We've got people doing healthcare stuff. Guess guess what? Guess which team it is. Guess which side is actually trying to do something for healthcare. 
Democrats. Yeah, it's just that's all I've got here. So surprising. Expanding postpartum Medicaid to 12 months is being proposed. Um, eh, House Bill 70 by Rep. Donna Howard from Austin would make menstrual supplies like tampons and pads tax exempt. Great idea. Love it. Um, Greg App, it's interesting. Uh, Howard has filed similar bills every session since 2017, but this year, Governor Greg Abbott and other key Republicans has signaled their support for eliminating the tampon tax. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe that would be like something good that happened. That would be great. Voting in elections. Uh, we've got uh, Republicans would bump the penalty for election fraud from misdemeanor to a state jail felony. 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 So that's a. Uh, They're gonna put more minorities in jail. That's what that translates to. Yep. This is this this is crack down hard on on any fraud. We got all the fraudsters out there. It's, yeah. It's not even going to be people who actually commit fraud. It's going to be like someone who commits a clerical error who can't afford a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats... And they're going to be like, oops, still guilty, though. Yep, still. Yeah, no, you're right. It's This is just more of the voter suppression that we've been talking about covering for a couple of years now. It's it's pretty sad to see it continue. Um, the Democrats, though, doing some good stuff. Nathan Johnson from Dallas and Jose Mendez from San Antonio are filing Senate Bill 18, which would require counties to put polling sites on university and college campuses with at least 5,000 students. Woohoo! I like it. Love it. Uh, while mandating at least two voting locations on campuses with 10,000 students, plus one extra site for every additional 10,000 students. Um, that's great. I love it. That's, 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 that's awesome. I'm trying to remember what the student population at UTA was when I went there. I think it was around 44. 40k ish 45 or something like that so that would be uh you know a lot of that'd be four voting locations or more five voting locations that'd be great on the campus that would be awesome um do but do yeah they say the lack of on-campus polling locations is a big barrier for youth voter turnout in texas yes it is disaster declarations i didn't highlight a lot on that one so we're just gonna skip it property taxes Property taxes. Everyone loves talking about property taxes, right? Uh, so this, I think we were mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the school districts. Uh, State Rep. Andrew S. Murr from Re Republican from Junction filed a bill that would abolish school districts' maintenance and operations tax, which they use to pay teachers' salaries and day-to-day -day expenses. Uh, he does not offer, as you can imagine, a uh, solution to make up that lost revenue. That's not, uh, it's not, it's not here. Um, you know, in the Jewish religion, <laughs> when a, uh, when a man kills someone, um, the family members of that person are actually fully within their rights in certain circumstances to murder that man until he goes to a sanctuary city. Um, I believe that in a similar fashion, were he to do this, um, it could be considered theft, and any teacher should be extended that right. <laughs> and his sanctuary city, I'm going to give him a whole state, will have to be Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I, I'm down with that scenario. That's uh, so I don't think this will if if we're you know we're the Fort Worth can't hide in any schools though. Yeah, I mean, like in the in the urban areas, kind of where we're at, I think. This idea of just privatizing education entirely 
and just get rid of the public school system. That kind of appeals to people here um, with money to, who don't even put their kids in public school, that they put them in private school or whatever, or charter schools. Um, those We have those. Those those are there. You can use that. But let us have Here's the public it, option, as they say, right? Um, yeah. Let me let me see something real quick. How big is Junction? Junction. Probably not that big, I imagine. Yeah, here's the thing that pisses me off about rural Texas. They always vote like incredibly red. Even though like most of the policies would be detrimental to them. Yeah. Because they uh, you know, they're not they don't have a lot of money. At but, all, like Farmersville, Texas, um, Title One school. The thing is, um, though, about those rural areas, like they don't want to privatize school because very oftentimes there's only one school in the area, high school, you know, one high school, and that employs oh, a yeah, good no, percentage Junction's of the small, city. Dude, it's got like twenty five hundred people. Dude, this is exactly the shit I'm talking about. Like, yeah. they'll hear that and they'll eat that up, right? Because they think the government's bad. The only reason they think the government's bad is they never actually had anything that has any significant government funding. Okay. Like, Except for schools, though. Like, that's the thing. The, the school, it kind of is, depending yeah. on what sound you're talking I imagine Junction's probably one of these, is like the lifeblood of the town. It employs like half the people who live there. And all the kids go there. Um, and so, like, most of those places actually don't want to get rid of their public schools because, like, they like, would yeah, literally not like, have Here's anything. the thing. That's probably the only... Um, Junction is actually home to the Texas Tech University Center at Junction, a satellite school, Texas Tech in Lubbock. Yeah, so they have a satellite school. Places like this uh, actually have a high population of like college dropouts and everything else um, just because um, of how low income it is. You know, that's where you end up going because you're poor. You're either going to the inner city or you're going to the boonies like this. And the thing is, the people are kind of dumb. So they keep voting for shit like this, thinking, you know, not realizing it's it's they're kneecapping themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was looking at his pop as his population like they have been losing people since 2000. Junction has like the, the on their population chart. Yeah, I mean, Junction it, yeah. has less 2451 people. Yeah. I believe it. I mean, a lot of these small towns, there's nothing to sustain and there's nothing to keep people there. You know, many of them were manufacturing towns or something along those lines at one point and they're not anymore. Uh, yeah. And so they're just, yeah, you, that's what Farmersville was like. That's exactly what Farmersville was like. Like, so it's like, what's there's nothing to stay for. Yeah. You know, but if you look at the, if you look at the voting demographics, it is red as hell. Yep. But I mean, also no one votes in those places. So you had like the 36 people who showed out to vote. But it's a solid yeah. red, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Which, which I, I, I can empathize. Like, why vote? Punch yourself in the face because, like, these smaller areas don't get like, they don't get any attention at all. Like, yeah. no one cares about them. Yeah, like exactly. Which is why we need socialism because it cares for everybody. It's about everybody, yeah. bro. Like the inner cities are are bad. Have a bad bad situation too. Except there were people there to see it. Right. So they talk about it. They don't talk about these small rural towns, um, predominantly white or black or whatever, you know. No one talks about these these things. They always get, get yeah. left out of the conversation. And then you get like 
the place where like no one's educated enough on politics in any way where to want to vote. I'm like the only person in that town I know of that's my age that actually does vote um, from that area. Yep. And uh, so you get all the old people voting instead. So it's red as hell. Yep. It's what? just. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of kind of kind of at a loss for a lot of this stuff. It's like, man, we could just go on and on and on and talk about, you know, th- these are all like I kind of said at the beginning problems that weren't warrant like long conversations about. These are all like, you know, we've got a lot of issues here in Texas, man. We got a lot of issues here in Fort Worth, man. Yeah. We got to deal with them, you know, and it takes time to understand them and dissect them. And but then again, like Andrew Smr also has a very punchable face. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Well, we've got the last section of opioid testing, which like, I guess I knew this at one point, but forgot. And then when I read it again, I was like, what the F? And Ember was like, yeah, this has been law for a while. And I was like, what? So uh, Senate Bill 86, uh, Senator Nathan Johnson from Dallas and Bob Hall, Republican from Edgewood, have launched a bipartisan effort to remove the penalty for those who manufacture, possess, deliver, or use testing equipment for the identification of fentanyl. Uh, similar bills being pushed individually in House Bill 85 and House Bill 362 and House Senate Bill 207. They were filed by James. There's your boy, James Tallarico from Round Rock, uh, Tom Overson, Republican from Cyprus, and Senator Sarah Eckert, Democrat from uh, Possession of drug testing supplies is currently punishable by a $500 fine and distribution of drug testing supplies is punishable by up to a year in jail. I am so happy that people are coming around on this because... It's like, why is this even illegal? This is the dumbest. This is dumb. Well, here's the here's the cool thing, okay? And it's kind of like how this type of stuff actually can reduce drug usage, you know? Yeah, if it's, if yeah, testing, if you can test your shit, yeah. If you're testing your drugs and you're using, if you're using, you know, clean needles, not only are you more likely to not use in the fu- get clean in the future because you're thinking more about it, but you're also a lot of times the people you're getting these resources from are good people. So they're giving you the resources to get clean. It's the same thing here if you think about it. Because look, right now, we're still very, very much like, you know, law and order era of war on drugs from Reagan and Nixon, right? What this does is it gets people publicly thinking that it's, you know, all right, maybe there it is okay to use different approaches to stopping drug use, Okay. This is going to give people a little bit of, you know, political space to look for other policies in the same vein. And what's going to happen is when they get that space, they're going to make progress and people are going to see that. And then the public opinions on drugs, drug usage are going to change. And then maybe just maybe one day. We'll have drug policies that actually make some sense. Yep. That would be nice. Got to end I mean, the war we're, on we're drugs. We're talking about a day that comes, you know, with our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, maybe. But Yeah, but, but that's what it's all supposed to be about. That's like, that's how we should be viewing all of these political struggles is like, yeah, most of this probably isn't going to get done in our lifetime. Uh, we'll be very lucky if it does. But like, it's not about you. Um, it's about yeah, us. you willing to plant that tree. You're never gonna, yeah. you're, you're never gonna enjoy the shade from. It's about humanity, and it's about you know, uh, providing 
better opportunities for all of us down the road for every for all of our children's children or whatever right like that's yeah we want them to have a good future and like all of this stuff we didn't even mention climate change today right like that's the looming thing like all of this stuff that needs to be fixed like we have a clock on fixing these things um if we don't address these things and if we don't address climate change, like then we're really are limiting, you know, the future possibilities and the future options of, of our progeny. And that's yep. just, uh, that's not good. You know, we should be caring about those things. Um, we are all one, we are all human. And you know, this, you know, that's why you got to look out for each other. You got to look out for yourself. You got to look out for your future self, just like in life. Like you, you know, don't screw your future self over. You know, try to do things in the now, the current now to help your to, to be compassionate to your future self. So you look back. That's one of the things you know? I've, I've been working on because I got like I got bipolar disorders. So we're like we're wired for impulsivity. It's like, no, you've got to. I was telling myself, you know, I got to be willing to plant a tree. I'm never going to sit under, you know, I got to be willing to do something today that's going to help me out tomorrow. Exactly. So I mean, that's today me is not going to benefit, but tomorrow me will. You will, and you'll think, and then tomorrow you think, well, think you're you're today you. You know, we'll be thankful exactly. for, for that. Uh, and so, like that's that's how we got to do it. It starts with you. It starts with changing yourself, and then we can change the world one person at a time by changing, you know, changing ourselves uh, at the very least. And then, of course, we got to change the systems, right? Like we can't just change, or we can't just you know go in inward to the individual world and, and find salvation there i mean i guess if, if you believe certain eastern philosophies like by all means like whatever brings you joy whatever you know fulfills you but uh if you're wanting to change things can't can't go about it doing that way you know we're gonna have to, to change the external world as well as the internal so i guess we'll leave it at that that's a nice place to end it after this <laughs> roller coaster we've yeah. been on today <laughs> Awesome. Well, Thomas, it's been a pleasure podcasting with you this year. Um, I look forward to doing it again with you here in the new year. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Late January, early February? I could work. Let's take some time off and enjoy our loved ones and ourselves a little bit. Just chill and uh, come back ready to tackle these problems with fresh mind and fresh body and fresh spirit and uh, do some more work. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love you, buddy. Love you, too.